The Republicans are finding out it's no longer legitimate to say the Democrats are soft on crime. Because guess what? What has every major crime bill that's gotten this far been? A Democratic crime bill. A Democratic crime bill. That's the secret. A Democratic crime bill. A Democratic president wants 100,000 cops. A Democratic president wants to build 125,000 new prison cells. That's the secret. So far here is like name calling. You waited and waited and waited. You have two minutes, sir. If we would have listened to you, the country would have been left wide open. Millions of people would have died. Not two hundred thousand, and one person is too much. It's China's fault. It should have never happened. They stopped it from going in, but it was China's fault. And by the way, when you talk about numbers, you don't know how many people Why should people, people trust China. you to address the COVID crisis? You don't know how many people died in India. They don't exactly give you straight counts. Just they, don't have, they don't give you straight counts in India. India. All they do is give you a done. bunch of fucking I closed it, and India you said stuff. he's xenophobic. He's a racist, and he's xenophobic. Because oh, you didn't think we should have closed our country. Wait a minute. You didn't think we should have closed our country because you thought it was too, it was terrible. You wouldn't have closed it for another two months. By my doing it early, in fact, Dr. Fauci said... President Trump saved thousands of lives. Many of you Democrat governors said, President Trump did a phenomenal job. We worked with the governor. Oh, really? Go take a look. The governors said I did a phenomenal job. Most of them said that. In fact, people that would not me, me, be necessarily me, 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 
Weeby. on my side. Weeby, Weeby, President Weeby. Trump did a phenomenal did job. We did. We got the gowns, <laughs> we got the masks, we made the ventilators. You wouldn't have made ventilators. You wouldn't have made ventilators, would you? We're doing therapeutic. Look at Joe, like, look, try his best. Dying, they get this guy's a scumbag. Okay, Joe Biden. He has tried his best not to done a good job fucking show anyone. Yeah, they're all No matter what you yet. say to him, they give you bad press on it. It looks like news. he's a normal they human being. They give me bad that's press. Funny. Because that's funny. That's the funniest part. Unfortunate. But let me just tell you something. Look, he lock up half the country with his crime bill. On the right. You've done the job that we did. You don't have it in your blood. You could have never done that job. I know how to do the job. I know how to get the job. Well, you done. didn't do very well in swine flu. H1N1. Oh! Disaster. Your own team. You didn't do it swine flu, did you? There was no economic recession. You made a point. Sir, you made a point. Okay. No, we didn't shut down the economy. This is his economy that's being. He shut It's your economy, The shut down is because, look, you folks at home, how many of you get up this morning? and had an empty chair at the kitchen table because someone died of COVID. How many of you are in a situation where you lost your mom or dad and you couldn't even speak to them? You had a nurse holding the phone up so you could, in fact, say goodbye. You would have lost far more people. Far more people. And were, and by the way, Party bell! His own CDC director says we could lose as many as another 200,000 people between now and the end of the year. And he held up and he said, if we just wear a mask, we can save... Half those numbers. Just, just the. What are you do with that pen, Joe? Is that that pen for terrorism? The whole notion of a vaccine. It's a threat. We prefer a vaccine, but we. I don't trust the pen down. You, I But we trust as a scientist. You know. We trust as a scientist. We got those scientists. What we trust is a scientist. I don't know, guys. This whole thing has devolved into what? I don't even know. Name calling and Chris Wallace was babysitting. What is Chris Wallace doing on ABC News? At ABC News, where is Megyn Kelly? Where is Megyn McCain? Where is Gwyneth? Where's the? Where's Where's Oprah's friend? Who's Oprah's friend again? What's her name? Um, you know what I'm talking about? The black chick that mouths off all of the talking points for the Democratic Party. Where's Oprah's friend? Just call her Karen. Where's Gwen? <laughs> where's Gwen Eiffel? <laughs> We got Chris Wallace from Fox News debating at ABC News. A at ABC News, you suck. At Secular Talk, at TYT. You see this shit? This is dumb, right? Come on, tweet me. Tweet, tweet. Tweeter. In the midst of a big political fight, and we take that very seriously. Uh, we also want to uh, extend our best wishes to the President of the United States, the First Lady. Uh, Michelle and I uh, are hopeful that they and others who have been affected by COVID-19 around the country uh, are getting the care that they need, that they are going to be uh, on the path to a speedy recovery. Uh, and, and it's important, I think, for all of us to remember that even when we're in the midst of big political battles uh, with, with issues that uh, have a lot at stake, uh, that we're all Americans uh, and, and we're all human beings and, and that we, uh, you know, we want to make sure that everybody...
Hey guys, remember when uh, Trump was a threat to democracy? He was gonna stay in office forever because he was a dictator? He was a danger to everyone. Wow, I'm pleased to tell you, Barack Obama and Michelle Obama wish this dictator, this threat to democracy, a, a speedy and full recovery. God bless the president. Barack, thank you so much for your well wishes. And uh, I know those heartfelt wishes are felt, you know, to every guy and gal who has contracted this deadly pandemic virus, this global pandemic. It's a national security threat now that the president has COVID. Wow. You know what really help, Barack? Man, what if there was a way to help these pandemic-stricken people with healthcare? Don't worry, bro. Trump's gonna be okay. He has the best healthcare money can buy, thanks to you. And your health insurance companies, you know? I mean, he's got the, he's got the platinum plan. Hey, what about all those people that don't have the platinum plan? You have any well wishes for them? Some thoughts, some thoughts and prayers? Oh, thanks, Barack. Thank you so much for your sincere and heartfelt and wonderful condolences. They are definitely, definitely, definitely sincere and not a hallmark thing that you do all the time. I, I, this time I'm convinced, Brock. You sounded sincere. Thank you so much for the health care that you gave everybody, too. That was great. And thank you for finding me, for not having it. You're awesome. Ah, uh, Barack Obama, I bring this message. Hey guys, this is Tommy with Tommy Nation Politics. How's everyone doing today? Oh, if you're like me, you probably heard the news that late last night, Donald J. Trump, President of the United States, has tested positive for COVID-19. And as a comedian, I'm not gonna lie, my first instinct was to make jokes. Jokes about how a 74-year-old man who doesn't eat vegetables and eats way too much meat is literally the kind of guy that Corona puts in its dating profile. I mean, I also wanted to make jokes about how Dr. Fauci is probably at the White House right now, you know, prescribing Trump bleach injections bottles of I told you so, dumbass. But then another idea came to my mind. And it was this. If the president of the United States can get the coronavirus, then what excuse do the rest of us random assholes have for not wearing a mask? This guy literally had people tested around him. He had the Secret Service bitch slap anyone who even sneezed in his direction. And yet still, because he wasn't wearing a mask, and he insisted coronavirus was fake and didn't take the necessary precautions he should have, now, he's back in the bunker, being cussed at by Melania like he was a White House Christmas decoration. Hey guys, Tommy with Tommy Nation Politics. How's it going today? Good? What is trending on Twitter? Right now, COVID caught Trump. The news media is celebrating the fact that Donald Trump and First Lady Melania Trump have <laughs> tested positive for coronavirus. Oh, is it a time for celebration? I mean, didn't I see the CNN death clock? 
Didn't I see uh, that this was the most deadly pandemic ever to cross human civilization? Why are we celebrating this? <laughs> well, I mean, it just reveals human nature. It reveals bandwagon mentality. And of course, the craven, empty, soulless <laughs> humanity of the mainstream cable news media. Now, while people are celebrating that Donald Trump has COVID symptoms, what they fail to realize in their arrogance and in their uh, celebratory degradation is the fact that um, this could go one of two ways, guys. So, as you guys know, the, Simps the Simpsons predicted a lot of things. They predicted the presidency of Donald Trump. They also predicted other things. Could this be the deadly pandemic that you all have reported? With the death counts soaring? The CNN clock rising? Or, or, could Donald Trump, in his, I would say, opportunistic moment, turn everything around on you. So this is the deadly pandemic that you all have shirked the Constitution for. You have eliminated all laws, all traditions of our founding fathers. You have set up unconstitutional mandates. You have quarantined you have listened to liars like Fauci, who said that uh, he didn't need masks at first, lying for his own personal gain. Uh, so he says so that the medical personnel could get masks. Then he'll tell the truth. So he lies for his own personal gains. You guys have put um, demagogues above all else with your Trump derangement. And you celebrate the fact that the man's sick. But Trump could turn this around. He could actually prove to you that this is not the deadly pandemic that you all thought it was, was it? And that you guys are just embarrassing, Trump deranged, Looney Tunes. You've lost your fucking minds. You've lost your minds. You've sacrificed liberty for security. You've given into war. You've given into corruption with Joe Biden. And you have no principles, no values. You were empty. So I saw that uh, Trump had an announcement on Twitter that he is going to Walter Reed with the First Lady. He seems okay. Doesn't seem deathly ill. Still fat orange guy. So what if Trump makes it through this COVID? Unscathed. Without so much as a hiccup. You guys gonna continue to believe that uh, coronavirus is the deadly pandemic that CNN wanted you to believe it was? Or are you going to choose to believe the reality, which is the Democratic Party with their opportunistic and um, deviance blew up a pandemic. They are the ones who went around the bounds of tradition and the norms to give unconstitutional mandates for something that is as bad as the flu. Are you guys, do you guys feel stupid yet? What if Trump 
gets through this. Are you going to still believe the death clocks? Are you going to still believe the bogus count of COVID deaths after the hospitals were paid to give COVID deaths? After all of the evidence, after all of the honest to God, real aspects of this pandemic. After the robbing of the treasury, the second stimulus of Wall Street, the banks and the military industrial complex, after the lies that Fauci told, after the curtails of our freedom and liberties, after the Trump derangement, Trump comes out unscathed from COVID. Is that really something that you're gonna celebrate? That you guys were liars? That you guys unended the country? You shut down businesses? You separated families? You kept people locked in hospital rooms? For no reason. Trump could actually prove that with his COVID um, diagnosis. So I don't know if you, why you guys are celebrating this. Because Trump is the guy who said it was no big deal. Now he's got COVID. He's okay, as far as I know. He's, he looks okay to me. So looks like Trump. He could literally prove to you guys that you guys are the deranged, bought, corrupt liars that you are. So I don't know why you could be celebrating this. You could actually be revealed as the empty, money-driven, health insurance company, corrupt people that you are. You guys, in his diagnosis, he could literally reveal you himself. He's, he has the ammunition, he has the resources, and he has the diagnosis. So while you look at this as a celebratory thing that your enemy is sick from your deathly pandemic, I look at it as just another way that a vacuum salesman, slum lord, New York businessman, outsmarted the mainstream media, the liberal establishment, and the lying, corrupt corporate puppets who rob the treasury and deliver their goods to their corporate donors. Once again, revealing. All he does is reveal you. All he does is tell the truth about your lies. And you don't like it. Told the truth about the military industrial complex. You didn't like that. Told the truth about Obama's wars. Didn't like that. The debates he talked about how Obama was so lazy. He didn't appoint judges. You didn't like that, did you? Oh, well, you get this clown to shut up. How much more truth will Trump just deliver to your face while you have nothing? You have nothing but empty articles saying that Trump is a dictator. He's not going to continue the tradition of the transfer of power. I've read your articles, by the way, because I, I want to know the truth. So let me just tell you about this. The New York Times, I read the New York Times, how Trump is a dictator, how he's not going to let go of the power of the presidency. So when I read the article, I want to know facts, right? I want to know what, when, why, where. In the New York Times article, they say his campaign is conspirating to stay in power. Who in his campaign? Who in his campaign? Who are they? When did this happen? Where did it happen? How did it happen? What happened? Literally, if the New York Times writers, if the journalists from the New York Times came to work for Tommy Nation Politics, 
I would take their articles and I would flush them down the toilet because they're not they're not journalism. They're not news. Journalism and news has facts. It has what, when, why, where. If Trump is conspirating to stay in power after he's, uh, you know, if Joe Biden wins and he is not giving it up, I want to know who's saying these things. I want to know when they're saying these things. I want to know where they're saying these, these things at. These articles say nothing of that. And yet you guys soak it in and repeat and parrot mainstream media talking points. Once again, proving to, to me and to the world that doesn't watch TV and consume the branded talking points of the two parties, that you guys are fucking idiots. So, I mean, I'm, I, I, I've been trying to... I wanted to talk about this earlier, but I was trying to form an opinion and I was trying to get facts and research. Research everything I can. I don't know how Trump is trying to keep on to power and be a dictator. He tried to, he trolled uh, Jim Acosta at a CNN uh, White House meeting, like always. Nothing new there. But other than that, you guys have no facts, you have no evidence, you have no sources. So you're not doing journalism, you're doing propaganda. And um, now Trump has the resources and the diagnosis to literally reflect your bullshit back to you. So I'm celebrating, honestly. I'm celebrating. I'm celebrating the fact that this is like the magic school bus. If Miss Frizzle got COVID, Trump's gonna show you guys that you guys gave your freedom up for nothing. And you're, you're fucking idiots. You're morons. Your bandwagon mentality left you in a ditch with a corrupt demagogue, dementia-riddled old man who wrote a crime bill that incarcerated half the country. And you guys are standing here like fucking idiots. So if you have anything else to say about this, I'd like to know, because I like to know the truth. I'm here. Tommy Nation Politics is here. Give me the facts. Tommy Nation Politics. Hey guys, this is Tommy with Tommy Nation Politics. How's everyone doing today? Hey guys, this is Tommy. Hey, what's going on, Ski? You good? Hey. Just, Bro, uh, the last time you were, we talked, like really talked, you, it was Bernie's last stand. Remember that? So long ago? Yeah. The, the heydays, you know, the, the uh, you know, optimistic days when we thought uh, we might get a president that we could feel excited about <laughs> I feel the same way bro so this is a long time coming because most of my uh, Bernie bro friends and I we kind of like fallen out on this issue at least you and I have like still like a, a respectable talking like relationship so that's good and I'm glad because I think of you as a friend so um there's some strong feelings I have as you know towards Joe Biden so yeah I mean if it was even if it, even if it was Poot Pete Buttigieg, I don't think I'd be bashing the Democratic Party as much as I am. But if it's now there's Joe Biden, I mean that's just like it's just like wow, this is a slap. This is literally a slap in my face. I feel anyway. Well, so, I mean, I, I gotta be honest. I feel similar. You know, I, once Joe Biden, once it was clear he was going to be the the nominee, I couldn't help but thinking like. Of all the nominees, the only one that I could have imagined worse is Bloomberg. But aside from yeah. that, yes, yeah, uh, yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. 
<laughs> wow, that would have been worse. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But everyone else would have been better. <laughs> yeah. It's like they always do this to Democrats. Like, not only do I have to go along with them, but I also have to hate the fuck out of their nominee, too. Yeah. Like, like, last time it was Hillary. It's like these guys just keep taking turns running. The horrible Democrats from the 90s. They just keep on taking turns. It's like a merry-go-round of horrible Democrats. Yeah, they're so establishment, you know, they're so entrenched in the establishment that, uh, you know, those in power, they have, uh, it's in their interest to promote those candidates. I hate it. So, um, I guess now we're talking about, and, you know, my whole, like I put it, I already put it out there, my whole insight between Trump and Biden is Trump's actually done the first step act. I mean, yes, did he, uh, did he loot the treasury? with Steve Mnuchin and Nancy Pelosi uh, during the pandemic. Yes. Is he a good person? No. <laughs> but did he fucking uh, create a draconian crime bill that locked up half the country? No, he didn't either. So I was just like, now I'm just like, well, who is really worse? Who is really worse? So maybe there's some other things because I have, you know, experience with Joe Biden's uh, crime bill. But maybe I'm biased. Maybe I'm seeing things in like a whole like perspective way. So if you can explain to me how, in fact, Joe Biden is like how Biden versus Trump, do you think Biden's better? So and you are not a shell or Debbie Wasserman Schultz. So I'm listening to you. And if you want to have that <laughs> argument, let's have it. <laughs> well, you know, I, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily think like oh, Biden. You know. Oof, you know, what a great candidate. And I certainly don't think he's going to do anything that is uh, all that good or necessary for our country. No. It's more, and you know, uh, I hate to have to resort to this kind of, this line of thinking, but it, it's sort of just the way that our political systems are built. But, yeah. uh, you know, just Trump in my mind is just so, uh, so much worse, you know. And, uh, but why? Well, I, I think a couple reasons. One, that uh, he is a fascist, and you know, fascism operates in a much the same way as a cult. You know, it requires mm. uh, you know unthinking, unfledging loyalty from its followers. It, you know, if you even if you even dare to. Uh, falter even a little bit in your support for the fascist movement you're immediately thrown under the bus the great and comedic example of this is that rally what was it a week or two ago where uh this governor um is like talking and everyone's all like cheering and stuff and then he's like and then he thinks he's going to own the libs by making some comment about like, yeah, and if you have to wear a mask, at least make it a Trump mask. And so then, but the second he says mask, the audience starts booing him. <laughs> they won't even let him get out his point and, you know, yeah. try, try and say that, yeah, well, you know, we got to wear the mask, but, you know, at least we can make it a Trump one. They're about to, like, tear him off that stage just for even mentioning the word mask at a Trump rally. That's a good example. But can you say that there's the same thing like that on both sides? I'll, to follow up with what you said, like, yes, he does, Trump does attack people on Twitter sometimes. And you have his, like, his fucking people go after him. Um, 
when Trump does that, I mean, like, that's, that's fascist. I agree with you. But, like, can you agree that on both sides there's these dumbasses who don't even, like, listen to the rest of the fucking story before they're already fucking spitting out the word socialist? It's just... Yeah, our, I mean, there's we definitely... Have the, we have the bandwagon mentality. It's the bandwagon mentality that's just destroying our country. I don't even know how to stop that. It's just, like, it's weird. That's weird. Like, we can't, <laughs> we can't even have a conversation with people. Because, like, they already have, they already hear something else before we even finish talking. It's weird. It's becoming yeah, I mean, you're right. I think the bandwagon mentality is uh, is problematic. And, you know, it's, it's a result of a lot of things. You know, we have very poor uh, political adv- education in our country. You know, like, people leave high school barely knowing how the system works and how they can get involved. You know, yeah, we learned that there's the three branches of government, but we don't really understand what that even really means. We don't know what that means practically. You know, we, mm-hmm. we know how there's separation of powers, but we don't fundamentally understand how that affects our everyday lives. And so people mm-hmm. leave high school either not caring about politics at all and barely knowing that they exist or if they do care you know it has something to do with their environment maybe their parents really cared or you know they happen to get in with a group of friends that really care about politics or something and so, so this well, education problem part of it. Yeah. I think it's part of it is because people people never learn how to have a decent political conversation and so they feel like the only way that they can contribute is just by blindly supporting the team that they favor. You know, they're like, I don't understand what any of this stuff means. You know, what does it mean, defund the police? What does it mean, like, uh, foreign policy? What does it mean, you know, like, America for yeah. phrases even mean? I don't now know. Now, that defund the police, uh, man, like, that was a good idea. But that slogan, it sounded like it came from Bloomberg. Like, what the hell? Like, that's why it makes me feel like there's an inside job on them. Democrats are weird. Like, we couldn't come up with stop shooting black people, you know, or give more money to education instead of, like, you know, police. Stop the school, the pipeline, prison system. We had to go with defund the police. Something that's, like, naturally, I mean, yeah, but it's naturally, like, negative. You know, we're going negative on that. And, you know, Bernie's whole thing was to, you know, talk about the positive things. That's the thing about Joe Biden that scares me, is that he is a negative scumbag. And he is going to take the party that's already negative Nancy, Nancy Pelosi, and he's going to go even more negative. He has that speech where it will give people light. He is the opposite of that speech. Everyone knows it. And he hides behind those little words to demonize the other side. On the other hand, he is a scumbag. So I'm I'm literally scared like where this Democratic Party is heading to with Joe Biden at the helm because that that guy's pure scum. I really it's wish like both parties are. It kind of feels like both yeah. parties are imploding right now. You know, like yes. and you know the Republican Party explode, destroyed. Bye bye parties. Have a great night. They should all, they should both yeah. be destroyed. Well, be yeah, you know, and that's why I keep talking to you about like the ranked choice voting and stuff like that, or yeah. policy changes that maybe could, you know, undermine the power of the two-party supremacy. Be mm-hmm. great to just ranked choice voting. Good, yes. Yeah, that's because it. like the way the way it is now, it is um, it is in the party's interest 
to make it a dichotomy, to make it as polarizing as possible, you know, to make the make the other person a demon and make yourself great. And people love, like, a struggle they can understand. They can understand two party. They can understand, you know, a head-to-head match, you know, like imagining, like, the title card for, like, a wrestling match or, you know, a boxing <clears throat> match, and you see the two people, like, squaring off and making mean mugs at each other. But it's yeah. like, that, that may be good entertainment, but it's not good politics. No, you know, not like, good politics or policy. Yeah, it's terrible. That's not, that's it's not. terrible, yeah. and and it leads to not only bad policy but also just bad political culture. You know, to where we can't even mm-hmm. talk about politics without someone being like, you know, you hate my fucking family. Exactly. <laughs> Therein lies the reason why Trump is president. I think he's the president we deserve, and I I know I feel like that's the reason. I feel like every day I feel more and more like we deserve President Trump. Because he is the ultimate branding, WWF, you know, Dave McMahon, Dave McMahon uh, superstar, who's just like, this is good. In fact, how he picked the Supreme Court justice, I'm pretty sure he had a list from his donors of who he, they want, right? And he was like, oh, she's good, Amy, she's got a strong name. I like a lot of Amy's. They're very high energy, you know? That's, he doesn't, does he know what she looks like? No. Does he give a shit? No. She's got a strong name, lots of ratings, very good. You know, that's how he works, and that's how our country works. So pretty much, like, he has, you know, he's got some ugly stuff. You're right about the fascist side where he's attacking people on Twitter, and he won't shut the fuck up. But, but not just <laughs> every day, it's like the, we deserve him more with, our, with what we're doing. Well, not just attacking on Twitter, but just, like, uh, there's a there's a lot involved, you know, like... You know, since day one of him, like, campaigning, he starts whipping out this phrase, uh, fake news. And, you know, trying to show... they are, though. Show... <laughs> they are, though. I mean, all news is fake news? No, well, CNN's fake news. CNN's not only fake news, but they've all, they literally caused massive... Like, think about what happened in the pandemic, Carrie. They caused massive, massive, like, fucking horrors to people. People were people were in, out inside the grocery store. Mama, I can't find my mama. Kids were crying on the street. Oh, God, what are we going to do? And then the death toll was going up like the, like a motherfucking, like, like a New Year's Eve balloon. It was just so dramatic, okay? Come on. But what does that have to do with CNN? That was CNN. That was their whole, that was the whole thing. They had their little death toll clock. And then talking about how, well, we don't know what to do. This president has made apocalypse happen. We're done. We're done. We, he hasn't done anything. He's been denying it all. I mean, yeah, he tried, he, of course he said he we're going we're gonna, gonna to disappear by Easter because he's a vacuum salesman. But on the other hand, did you have to pull out the death clock and get everybody scared out of their minds? No. That's dramatic. I don't well, it is dramatic, but it is hard to know what to do in the face of a national leader saying, don't worry about it at all. You know, like, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know right. what we needed to do because, you know, even to this day, I mean, after all the deaths, after everything that's happened, there's people who have not put on a mask or quarantined basically since this began. You know, they still don't care. And, you know... 
Trump is directly responsible for that. He comes out every chance he gets to uh, downplay the pandemic and make it seem like it's not a big deal and that we should yeah, all just... with Gin- the Ginsburg funeral. Did you see that? He was like, um, <laughs> they, yeah, they said vote him out. I felt bad for him. Yeah, they started screaming. Vote him out. <laughs> he, was, he was a big ass mask and shit. Well, well hiding behind a pillar know, of the Capitol. <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't feel bad for him because, like, he really does represent everything that uh, Ginsburg fought against. You know, it's like. Yeah. You know, it's a bad play for him to show up at her funeral. Like he's, he doesn't, he doesn't belong there. He doesn't deserve to be there. Um, I don't know how he expected any other reaction to going there. That's true. Like, the bubble, probably. I mean, he's he's always at Fox News and stuff. So that's why. So that they get they well, get the false sense of security. It might even be calculated, you know. He may uh, have intentionally gone to get shouted at, so he could be like, "See the dim, the dims. They're so like, trying to tear this country apart, you know. Like here I am trying to pay my respects, and they're like, you know, so focused on their partisanship that they're screaming at me." Yeah, that's true. That's true. I can't wait till this fucking thing's over. But okay, so this is my last question, Kay. So say Joe Biden becomes president, okay? Then what do we as Bernie Bros do? What are we supposed to do? Because you know this guy is gonna he's gonna do some stuff. It's not gonna be good for us. So how do we yeah. fight him? How do we fight Joe Biden? If, if after that, well, because you know after that, Trevor Noah and Viacom and all the mainstream media, Jim Acosta, they're gonna be kissing his ass, okay? So you're not gonna hear about the kids in cages anymore. You're not gonna hear about any of this shit. It's all going to be kept under lock and key. You're not going to hear about any of it. And that's what Trump means about fake news. Yeah, all this stuff's happening. But it's, isn't it funny how they all mention it when he's president? Even though that, you know, Joe Biden and Barack Obama built the, built the cages. See, none of this shit you're going to hear anymore. So they're going to be against you if you want to fight Joe Biden. So how do we fight Joe Biden? Well, I mean... Uh you know, like your your point is valid. The the system's going to be against us in terms of that. Um, you know, it's just the same things that we have to do now is try to organize from the bottom. You know, try and make local change happen first and push it up. You know, like you know, like Black Lives Matter does already. You know, um, regardless of who the president is, you know, they try and grow awareness and push for policy and and we got to do that but um i know it's it's harder to do without uh you know our ideal choice in the, the white house but you know i still remember in the 2016 election cycle you know the first time i even knew about bernie sanders that he even existed you know i was like oh here this guy's a candidate let me watch his little video here and it was a speech that he gave and, you know, I liked some of the things I was hearing, but the first thing that he said that really, like, hooked me and made me think, like, oh, you know, definitely this guy has my attention, was he said so plainly that, you know, this is not just about me. Even if I get elected, that is not enough in order to get the change that we need. I can be at the head, kind of guiding 
and trying to get things done, but it will require grassroots efforts from everyone. You know, we need political action. We need people to be involved uh, in order for things to get done, done uh, regardless if I'm the president or not, you know, and, and that made a lot of sense to me. And it made me think like, you know, wow, this guy actually is being frank about how the, how the system works. And, um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I mean, uh, maybe we're not going to get Bernie, which is the ideal, at least for me, but, uh, whether we get Biden or if Trump wins again, you know, the fight remains the same. We just have to keep trying to fight local, fight grassroots and, and push, push up. Talking about the necessity with pride about cutting Social Security, cutting Medicare, cutting veterans programs. No. You never said that. No. When I argued that we should freeze federal spending, I meant Social Security as well. I meant Medicare and Medicaid. I meant veterans benefits. I meant every single solitary thing in the government. Look, here's the deal. You're an honest guy. Why don't you just tell the truth here? We all make mistakes. I, I, I am telling the truth. And I not only tried it once, I tried it twice, I tried it a third time, and I tried it a fourth time. Joe, let me repeat it again. I want you just to be straight with the American people. I am saying that you have been on the floor of the Senate time and time again talking about the need to cut Social Security, Medicare, and veterans. Is that true or is that no, not true? No, it's not true. What that is, is not true? That is not true. I meant veterans, but I meant every single solitary thing. And that's why I know you're uh, you know, busy with school, but uh, you should come on the show a lot more often, Carrie. But you got some good <laughs> ideas. Domination politics. I'm talking about um, a coalition. Yeah. So uh, yeah, uh, Bernie he's old, and um, I think this was all his last hurrah. But uh, we have to our generation, because if we don't step up, it's gonna be our fault. We're gonna be looking uh, like the boomers, and then the whoever generation whatever gonna be like these guys fucked up. They were too lazy to change anything, <laughs> and it's gonna be right. Okay, so if we don't yeah, do something... Yeah, they will be right. Dude. Our kids are going to be, like, crossing their arms, looking at us, and like, what the fuck were you doing when Trump was president? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we better fucking step up. Otherwise, we're going to look like the boomers when we get off my lawn. So, anyway, yeah. I'll let you uh, have a good uh, rest of the weekend, man. And um, I'll talk to you later. Stay strong, all right? All right, you too. We'll talk more soon. All right, bye. Hey, guys, this is Tommy, Tommy Nation Politics. Hello, Richard Powski here with Tommy Nation Politics, and I want to talk about something tonight, something that's really getting me fired up. Okay, there are these false rumors going around that the South Carolina primary and the Super Tuesday race that... The exit polling for these races was, it, it didn't match the actual results. And apparently, you know, what's part of the rumor is that these discrepancies are so big that they are at UN, United Nations, intervention levels, meaning that uh, this, this signifies that voter fraud took place 
And when exit polling is inconsistent with the actual results at this level, the UN steps in and intervenes. But it's a lie. It's a complete rumor. And it's been verified that these rumors were started by one user on Twitter who just posted this fake story. And it was retweeted thousands of times. And, you know, it ended up on Facebook. And now it's accepted as fact. If, if you bring up something about Bernie losing, you're sure to get a couple dozen replies with people saying, well, the election was stolen from Bernie by the DNC and it will be liked tons of times. A lot. You know, this can be easily disproven by factcheck.org and by the fact that CNN has the actual exit polling numbers on their website. So these two links completely debunks the story. So, you know, very few people will accept that it, it didn't happen, even if you show them the proof. But the, the very few that even do accept, okay, yeah, it's a conspiracy theory. Okay, it's not true. Uh, they'll bring up something else. They'll, um, they'll bring up that the election was rigged against Bernie because Barack Obama made those two phone calls, which led to Amy Klobuchar and Pete Buttigieg dropping out. <sighs> but what they don't realize is that this kind of thing is called political strategy. You see, a lot of times when I hear these things from the Bernie brothers, which I'm one of them, before we go any further, I'm a millennial Bernie brother, okay? And when I see these things brought up, I can't help but think, did they just get into politics in 2020 or within the last four years? Did they just get into politics in 2016? Because what Barack Obama did when, or what the DNC asked Barack Obama to do when he asked Amy and Pete to drop out and mobilize behind Joe Biden so that their supporters, their votes would go to Joe Biden, there's a thing for that. It has a name. It's called political strategizing. You see, there are entire college degrees dedicated to this. There, there, there are entire careers dedicated to this. In fact, if two phone calls can be made, think an entire campaign just with two people dropping out. If that's possible, number one, I would argue that the Bernie Sanders campaign was not as strong as we thought it was. Okay, that, that probably was an illusion if, if two phone calls, if it was always two phone calls away from sinking, at some point we have to acknowledge how strong was his campaign, okay? And if you think that what happened there, the DNC making, you know, asking them to drop out and incentivizing them to drop out. If you think that's rigging an election, then I would uh, I would urge you to look up Lee Atwater. Okay? Because he was a Republican strategist who is known to this day for his questionable ethics and his strategies when it came to winning elections and a lot of people say he was the reason why George H.W. Bush one in 1988.
you know, the strategies he come, came up with. And uh, he had some nasty strategies, and I'm not gonna get into that right now, but all I can say is if you think making two phone calls and, you know, telling two major candidates, hey, you know, if we mobilize behind this guy, you'll get a, you'll get a cabinet position. If you think that is cheating or rigging, look up Lee Atwater. Trust me, this is a common thing. It's called political strategizing. And they were completely in their right to do that. And you know what? If Bernie Sanders used some better political strategies, he might have won. You know? We might be looking at Bernie Sanders at the debates last night instead of Joe Biden. But instead, he every, every chance he got to disqualify his opponents by saying they are not qualified to face Trump head-on, he complimented them. He didn't follow the rules of political strategy. See, Joe Biden, he ran for president three times. Finally, he got it right in 2020. And you know how he finally got it right in 2020? Because he cut the throat of everyone in his way. He was the opposite of humble. And that's why he's the nominee. At the end of the day, the loss of Bernie Sanders has to be attributed to one thing, and that is that his base did not show up at the polls. You know, I want to say something. By the, at the beginning of the race, at the beginning of the primaries, I was in a rough point in my life. You know, I'm 27 years old. And things had never been that bad. I had nothing to my name. I didn't even have a phone. But I love Bernie Sanders so much, and I had so much hope for his campaign that, you know, every day I was able to borrow a friend's phone for a couple minutes. And for all of that time, I was checking updates on the race. And I remember on the night Nevada happened, like I said, I was in the worst spot of my life, but I felt so much hope and love in my heart because I didn't see just hope for me. I saw hope for so many disenfranchised people in this country, you know, that night where I was sleeping in a dugout and I saw how much Bernie won Nevada by. And I was just floored. I was amazed. And I felt so much hope in that time of misery. So all that to say, I know a lot, whenever I bring up the fact that Bernie lost for one reason only, not one reason only, but a big reason why he lost that no one wants to take accountability for is that his base just did not show up. People didn't show up. The numbers were worse than 2016. In 2016, Bernie gave Hillary a run for her money. It wasn't even close this time. Because for whatever reason, the people didn't show up to vote. You know, at the end of the day, that's what we have to contribute this loss to. You can speculate all you want about many different things. You can speculate about what the DNC would have done if Bernie Sanders voters did turn out in higher numbers. You can speculate as to how the convention would have gone. Would they have, would they have brought up some system like superdelegates? Would there have been a contested convention? Go ahead, 
you know, you can quarterback this all you want. But at the end of the day, it'll come to Bernie's base did not show up on Super Tuesday. And therefore, the momentum that he had from Nevada shifted to Joe Biden. Okay? Because the media was never going to give Bernie a fair shot. And I don't want to hear that as an excuse as to why he lost. You know who else got bad media attention? Donald Trump. And he got to the White House. Okay? Bernie knew what deck he was playing with. His supporters knew what deck he was playing with. Okay? Even when he was the front runner, the media wouldn't acknowledge it. So you, we all better believe that on Super Tuesday, when he had a very poor showing, of course, you know, they, they were looking at Joe Biden as the front runner because now they have a reason to. You know, on March 3rd, on Super Tuesday, baby boomers showed up in record breaking numbers and they voted for Joe Biden. And the votes cast for Bernie Sanders paled in comparison. You know, and all of this, all of this was regardless of the wrecking bre- record, the record-breaking numbers of individual campaign contributions to Bernie Sanders. Okay, his, his the the low voter turnout was regardless of the tens of thousands of individuals who showed up to his rallies. I remember I was at a rally in Kentucky. In the year 2017, not an election year, and it was packed. There were people outside who couldn't get in. I was one of those people who got in. I drove hours to get there. It's no question that between Bernie and Biden, Bernie was the more popular one, especially among young people, Americans age 18 to 39. So where were they on Super Tuesday? Well, the answer is that they were not voting. They were at home watching Netflix, eating their Grubhub takeout, calling Trump a Cheeto pussy grabber, calling him that on Twitter, and then patting themselves on the back for being so virtuous and calling out that mean, nasty orange man for who he was. They were taking pictures of their Grubhub African Fusion takeout and posting them on Instagram, bragging about how culture how, how cultured their food choices are. You know, putting putting the caption, African Fusion is always a favorite of mine. Hashtag foods of the world. It's a proven fact that Americans age 18 to 39 don't like to vote, don't want to vote, do not vote, and don't understand how important it is to vote. This is a fundamental problem we have as a generation. The millennial and Gen Z generation are very active in terms of protesting, of hashtag activism, and speaking their minds. What they don't understand is that they might as well be completely silent if they don't show up to the polls and vote. While younger Americans were speaking their minds on Twitter or in the streets protesting, the baby boomers were dictating how the future of this country is going to be for the next 16 years. It's been established that the younger generations have a voting problem, but I think it's much bigger than that. Our generation has an accountability problem. Time and time again, when I point out 
that there were no exit poll discrepancies and that the DNC did not steal the election from Sanders and that the only entity that is directly responsible for his loss are those who did not cast their votes for him. When I say that, the reaction is extreme denial, resistance, and worse, hostility. The way I see it, this lack of accountability is even more dangerous than our stubbornness when it comes to the importance of voting. Because if we don't acknowledge this problem, it will never be solved. There's a saying among people who are recovering from addictions, and it goes something like, we need to accept the things we cannot change and change the things we can. And if progressives don't understand the fact that the election was not stolen from Bernie, but even if it was, dwelling on it will solve nothing because we can't change it. But what us progressives can change is our level in participating in the voting process. So if Bernie Sanders supporters keep harping on what they think the DNC did for Bernie, you know, if, if they keep harping on what they think was the DNC stealing the election from Bernie and deny that they as a whole have any responsibility for not having a higher turnout, the problem is just going to keep repeating itself. Progressive voters will keep having a low turnout and they'll just keep blaming it on someone else and the problem will never be solved. The solution to this problem is simple. Everyone who wants their candidate to win needs to vote for them. And if we practice that simple principle in this year's primaries, then it would have been Bernie Sanders on that debate stage facing Trump instead of Biden. Now, wouldn't we have loved that? That's all I got today, and thanks for listening. Hey guys, this is Tommy with Tommy Nation Politics. How's everyone doing today?